0: Thank you so much for joining us here at Grace Church's podcast. The following episode was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. We hope this teaching makes a difference in your life. Was well, I prepared for this morning? Last week was Mother's Day. Wasn't that a great uh, Mother's Day? Um, we, can you believe that was just last week? Wow, time's flying, and uh, we had a great ladies' retreat or a, a simulcast conference, whatever you want to call it, this weekend. I have to admit, I snuck in a few times and uh, watched from the sound booth, and uh, it was amazing. So I think they're going to do it again next year. I think next year it's going to be in March. So, ladies, you want to sign up early for that? It was just we had people drive all the way from Columbia, Missouri, uh, to be a part of this, and it was just really amazing. Uh, so this week in the uh, church calendar is the birthday of the church, it's Pentecost Sunday, and uh, as I was preparing, I thought, well, if I'm going to talk on a Hallmark holiday, such as Mother's Day, I better cover Pentecost, which is a Christian um, uh, church, religious, if you want to, I don't like the word religious, but you know what I mean, um, holiday, and uh, and so we need to, like, we want to be people who know what's going on, we know what the Lord's doing, Uh, we know what His Word says, and so this morning, I'm going to talk about Pentecost. What is Pentecost? There has been uh, so much misunderstanding around the word Pentecost, around what the word means. So many things have been uh, tied up with that. Um, You know, when I was uh, growing up, uh, I remember Pentecost was often, um, it was either associated with too much makeup or no makeup at all. Or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Or it had to do with length of skirt or if there's a skirt, all this exterior stuff. And really, there was this mixture of Pentecostalism with Pentecost, and it kind of became and so there has been a, a, a i don't know, I think a lot of fear, a lot of misunderstanding about what it means and about what it what, the difference it can make in our life and there 's so much confusion that this morning I just really want to help uh, explain some of that, just kind of um, uh, dispel some myths some things that, of what it 's not what it could be. The word um, Pentecost is actually a very it's a very scary word, okay, because of what it means. It's very scary. So um, what it means is 50. Scary, isn't it? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, 50? See, there's nothing scary about that at all, I guess, unless you're about to turn 50, right? But, uh, or if you your way past it, you're like, oh, 50 was easy, right? But it's, just, it's a number. It means 50, and so that's that's what it's about and i'm going to explain that i'm going to i'm going to break it out a little bit but i think part of the misunderstanding i think part of the the confusion over it is in regard to the holy spirit um because pentecost was when the holy spirit was poured out on the church and and there and there's even been a lot of confusion about the holy spirit uh there's a, i know like if we were to take the time to um each one of us I, i'll just i'll just ask some questions who here has a has a Baptist background. Anybody here? Just raise your hand if you grew up with some type of Baptist background. Yeah. Good, good company here. Yeah. Anybody have like an Assembly of God background? Yeah. Okay. Anybody have like a Catholic background or like Episcopalian? Yeah. Methodist background? Yeah. Lutheran background? Yep. Presbyterian background? Oh, no Presbyterians. My father-in-law is not here. My father-in-law is here today. Uh, he He has a Presbyterian background. How many have a heathen background right like nothing about Jesus yeah, there we go, all right yeah and uh and so so you, you imagine you take it that many different uh how about just independent don 't know what you are heinz fifty seven christian background that 's how yeah that 's what I was yeah so um and and so you bring all these different um experiences in here, and that 's one of the reasons we have the growth track is to help explain what we believe, why we believe it, uh, who we are as a church, but you bring all the, and there's going to be all these different thoughts and feelings and experiences. Some have horror stories, um, all different kind of things, and so to take that kind of, of eclectic experience um, and try to, um, to help you is what I, what I want to do this morning. Uh, so let's talk some well, First, we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 19, 1 and 2 uh, tells us, um, that there's been questions about the Holy Spirit for for a long time. It says while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior. So they're go, they're on different they're on different ministry tracks, going to different cities, and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them. He said, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" And they answered, "No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." And so. So they believed, they were disciples, but they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what was going on. And and what, they're really, what Paul's really asking them here is he's asking them, have you been filled, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Which we see in Acts chapter 2 of, of that experience where that is initiated. And, and, and they're like, no, we haven't. Now, if a person, when a person comes to Christ, the Holy Spirit does reside in them because unless the Holy Spirit calls you, compels you, you're not able to. To, to follow Christ, so it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So to say that a person wouldn't have the Holy Spirit unless they've been baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit is, is not an accurate statement, um, but, but to but what he was talking about here is being filled, is being baptized, if you received the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, since you believe, like, huh, who's the Holy Spirit, right? They just didn't know, and so that's a lot of people's experience. So I'm just going to, in fact, honestly, I'm going to try and do too much this morning, so I'm going to just go ahead and let you know that. I'm doing a month, probably a month-long series in one week, uh, so please listen fast. I have a record number 53 slides this morning, and thank you, David, for putting those all together, but, but I just, I'm going to share everything I can in my heart in the amount of time I have, and I believe that you, each of you, will leave with something that the Holy Spirit will, will, will um, impress upon your heart that'll be helpful. So let me just back up a little bit and talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit, Um. We go to page one of the Bible to talk about the Holy Spirit because it says that the Spirit of the Lord was brooding or was hovering over the face of the deep. And so from the very beginning, we see a description of the Holy Spirit like wind. And really, uh, the, the Hebrew word, and you know what I love about the Hebrew language is that it's dead. The, the biblical Hebrew, it's no longer a living language. The Hebrew now is not the same. And so it makes me really happy because I can say Hebrew words and nobody knows if I'm saying them right or wrong. And so... I really, really like that. So people can't correct me on my, on my Hebrew um, annunciation because they don't really know either. So the Hebrew word is ruach, R-U-A-C-H. And that means, that's the word in the Old Testament that's used of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, it's the Greek word pneuma. And so what it means is wind or breath. And so just like the Spirit of God, the rock of God, was blowing, was moving upon the face of the deep in Genesis, the very beginning of creation, and made something beautiful out of chaos, uh, that's what he does in our, in our lives as well. But that's, the, that's where we begin to see, this, this, um, this establishing, this working in the kingdom of God. It's interesting how the next place where we see the Spirit of God is where the breath of God or the Spirit of God comes on Joseph, And the Spirit of God comes on him. He's able to interpret dreams because the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then the next person, and I tell you, I love this. And it's such a great Sunday to talk about it because of what we've been talking about facility ministry teams. But in Exodus 31, Bezalel, that was his name, Bezalel, um, was filled with the Spirit of God as a craftsman in the house of God. That he was a craftsman, he was a he was a carpenter, he was a metal worker, and when the, the Holy Spirit would come on him, and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he would build and he would fashion uh, instruments of worship. Not I'm not talking necessarily about instruments like, like these instruments, but instruments like what you need to worship the Lord in a public gathering of other people, like um, the aspects of the temple of God, and uh, and and I love that that the Holy Spirit came on him, and so I think so often we can like. Um, try to like localize or separate the work of the Holy Spirit into such things like platform ministry or uh, praying for the sick or whatever it might be. But here's a craftsman that would be able to do beautiful work as the Holy Spirit would come upon. I, guys, I just think that's awesome. And don't discount whatever gift it is that the Holy Spirit's given you because when he comes upon that, it becomes even better. And, and so then we see in the New Testament where Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River as he was about to launch his public ministry, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him and descends upon him uh, as a form of, or, or like a dove, and as he does that, uh, he's filled with the Spirit of God. He's empowered with the Spirit of God. We see him do signs and wonders and miracles, and then in, um, uh, we see that as Jesus, and I think it's John 20, uh, well, he's He's, um, I'm telling you, I'm trying to cover a lot today, aren't I? We know that Jesus is, is he's crucified, he's buried, he resurrected, he's, he's on earth for 40 days uh, uh, doing some, some final ministry, some final work with his disciples, getting them ready for when he ascends into heaven. In John 20, he, uh, he prays over them, he says, receive the Holy Spirit, and he blows on them. Okay, and, they re- and, and he blows on them for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he a, a few days later, he ascends into heaven. And he says, but don't go anywhere. Hang out here because you're going to receive the gift of the Father, the promise of the Father. And the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when he comes upon you, you're going to be empowered to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That, that There's this power that we need. Uh, it be like for us because we need the Holy Spirit so we can make a difference right here in South Springfield, and North Springfield, with our Weller Outreach campus, with like what we're doing with Convoy of Hope, make a difference in, in uh, s- Southwest Missouri, make a difference in the U.S., make a difference all the way in Asia this week. But we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to do that. We need that breath of God. And I think the breath of God, I think breath, um, wind, I think it, that really helps understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. But what that word describes is this, it, it's, it's the action like the action of what is it, that it makes a difference. Uh, like yesterday, do you guys remember the, uh, just the storm that blew through yesterday? And if you looked in your yard, uh, if you have trees, you just saw the trees just blowing like this, didn't you? And that's kind of like the Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but you can see the effects of him. You can see the difference that he makes. And just like you, can see the, you couldn't see the wind yesterday, but you could sure, sure, sure see the, the trees moving. Would you guys all do an experiment with me? Would you guys, and it isn't a trick. Would you guys just all breathe real deeply? Would you just, just hold it there for a second? Would you do it one more time? Now, I'm not trying to be mystical or anything, but could you just sense that increased sense of energy that you feel when you breathe deep? Do it one more time, just so you'll know what I'm talking about. Just, Did anybody else just feel that? You know what I'm talking about, that extra energy you get when you breathe deep like that? That just... Yeah, you just, it just energizes you. That's, that breath right there, that energy, that dunamis, is a description of the Holy Spirit and what He does in our life. That He's truly like a breath of fresh air in our life. And so that's what Pentecost is all about, is that when He came. In fact, Acts 2.1 says, when the day of Pentecost came. And we know that, as I just said, Jesus was with them 40 days. He ascended, then 10 days later, He came. And that's why... That's the fulfillment of Pentecost. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, is this day. And, and uh, Pentecost uh, means 50. Um, and, and in fact, I'm going to skip ahead to the next part. I'm going to talk about some Jewish holidays that are fulfilled. Because for you to understand um, Pentecost, it's helpful to understand Passover. And it's helpful to understand another one called Tabernacles. And so I'm just going to cover these, hopefully really briefly, uh, because I want to talk some more about the impact of the Holy Spirit on our life. But we call it Pentecost, and uh, because it was it's fifty, and so uh, Pentecost was seventy was seven was seven seven weeks, which is forty nine days from Sabbath from Passover. So then it would be the next day. So that's fifty. So that's why it's called fiftieth, or called Pentecost. So um, Matthew five seventeen, Jesus says, "Do not think I have come to abolish the law of prophets. He's not. He didn't come to do away with them. He's come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them." And so there, were, there are seven Jewish holidays, feasts, uh, holy days, um, festivals. Um, but, but three of them, I'm going to talk about some of the three big ones I'm going to talk about today. And it's helpful because Jesus um, either has fulfilled or is going to fulfill all of these. And so uh, they're all pointing to Jesus. They're all about Jesus. And so even though these aren't holidays that we practice they are the principle behind Jesus that we do need to incorporate in our life. And we do need to talk about them. We do need to understand them. So the first one is Passover. And so just to give you some real quick just history, some explaining of Passover. Passover um, was founded or started um, back in Egypt uh, in the Old Testament when the people of God were in captivity for 400 years and they cried out for God for a rescue, or for a deliverer. He sent Moses. As he sent Moses... Um, yeah, he needed to take the people, and this is uh, maybe you've seen the movie Ten Commandments, and uh, if you haven't, you know honestly, I haven't seen it for probably thirty-five years. But I know it exists, right? Who has seen the movie Ten Commandments? Is I just it is the majority. I didn't know, right? Because it's so old. I didn't I not know if anybody had actually seen it or not. But you guys have, so good. Um, so they sent ten plagues, and at, at the end, the last plague was the death of the firstborn, and he had to get Pharaoh's attention, and this was part of the judgment for having um, his people in captivity and not letting them go. But Jesus, uh, the Lord, provided um, Yahweh provided a, a, a way for the firstborn of the people of God for them to not to be killed. And so, what they had him do is they had him sacrifice a lamb, a spotless, pure lamb, and put the blood on the doorpost. And then, when the Lord came by, if if the blood was over the was over the doorpost, that the firstborn wouldn't die. Okay, and so that, that's how it was set up. And so that he passed over. So that's why it's called Passover. Okay, and I want to show you something because Jesus fulfilled this Passover feast, this Passover festival. So if we look at Passover, the Passover lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m. in the morning. That's when it, and then they applied the blood. And then the lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. This was not only the initial one, but this was every year when it was celebrated afterward. This was the practice that was done every year. And then finally, that sacrifice covered their sins for that year. So it covered the sins, okay? But look at what Jesus did. I love what Jesus did. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. You see that? Jesus was put in the tomb at 3 p.m. But Jesus' sacrifice doesn't cover our sins. Jesus' sacrifice takes away our sins. Anybody thankful for that this morning? That he, They're not just covered, but he takes them away. He removes them. And so uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For Christ our pa- is our Passover lamb. He's been sacrificed. So Passover is a picture of our salvation. It's a picture of our salvation. And I'm so thankful for it. And I'm, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do to, to grasp it. It's simply a free gift of God that you have to believe. And you have to put your faith in Christ and trust Him. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's all about Jesus. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. None of us can boast. It's only by the grace of God. As we put our faith and trust in Him, then we can, we can, we can experience His salvation. And so we have Passover, which is salvation. And let's talk about Pentecost. In the Old Testament, it was often called uh, the Feast of Weeks because it was seven a seven week uh, period or Shavuot. Um It was the 50th day from the first waving of the first fruits. And so that is significant because Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrected from the dead. And so that was a picture as well. But what it commemorates is a signing of the law in the Old Testament of when, when God gave Moses the law. So as you remember, they were traveling through the wilderness. And um, again, it's in that movie if you haven't seen it. And um, there's fire, there's smoke, there's loudness, and God gives them the Ten Commandments, gives them the constitution, basically, of the, nay, for the nation of Israel, what they were to go by, what, what it was, the rules they were to follow, the instructions. They were, this was the law that He was giving him. This was the instruction. And, and look, what, look what happened on this day. Allow a cloud descended. With loud noise and fire. Okay, that's what happened when the when the law was given. God wrote His law on tablets of stone, and three thousand people died that day because you remember when Moses came down the first time, they'd been worshiping um, a false god, a a golden calf, and so the judgment of God came. So three thousand died on that day. Now on the day of Pentecost, when this uh, was fulfilled. It's very interesting, the correlation that comes with it. Because on that day, the Holy Spirit descended with, loud, with the loud noise. It was as a mighty rushing wind. You can read it in Acts chapter 2. And with fire, because flames, uh, some translations say tongues, but flames of fire rested on, on the disciples there. And, and so it was, it was very symbolic of the very same thing. But look what happened. Instead of God writing the law, on tablets, the law became written on our hearts because the Holy Spirit abides with us. It's not that we have hearts of stone, but hearts of flesh. And so the Holy Spirit is here uh, within us. And so that's, it's huge. It's a huge difference. We don't obey because we have to. We follow the Lord because we want to. That it's not an exterior list of do's and don'ts that we follow, but it's the Holy Spirit uh, using the word of God in our heart that it's interior. It's in here. And then look, 3,000 people didn't die that day three thousand people were saved that day isn't that cool how those just go right together now these have been um these have already been fulfilled we see that in the case of of pentecost that this was the birth of the church um the rules were not they were not bound by external rules but the holy spirit brought jew and gentile one man together um, on that day and poured out his spirit upon the, the the church and and it's just this is beautiful. Let me read to you um, Acts chapter 1, 3 through 5. It says, After his suffering, this is Jesus, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command. All right, He said, Now don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. That's the, whole, that's the Holy Spirit. He says, Which you've heard me speak about. He talked about him." He said, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he had breathed on them. They had received the Holy Spirit, but they hadn't yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, And so he wanted them to, to, to have that. And then a couple of verses later, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, Pentecost... Was the power to make a difference, the power to make a difference? God has called each of us to make a difference, but we need His power in order to be able to make a difference. Because I'm here to tell you, the power of Jay, right? David earlier he talked about having some kind of superpower with people, you know, and and, and the feeding off their emotion and and all. I don't have a superpower. I'm jealous of. That. I don't. I don't have any superpower. I don't. The only the only thing that even comes close to me of a superpower, and it's not, and I'm not trying to make light of it, is the Holy Spirit. Like, Without the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I don't have anything. My words I would say, what I would do, all the work I would do, it would be of no avail. It would just be works of the flesh, not of the Spirit. And so he, Jesus knew that his disciples... He, he, this is what he said. He said, he said I'm going to go, but don't worry, because you're, you're getting another of the same kind. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You another of the same kind. He's going to come, and although Jesus was limited in physical body to one place, the Holy Spirit's not limited at geography at all because he's not contained to a physical body. And so he's going to be with all of you all the time. He's like, actually, you're going to be much, much, much better off. And all the great things, all the miraculous things that I've done, you're going to do even greater things than that because of the Holy Spirit. And he goes, but I want you to receive this. I want you to have the full baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to have that. And that's why I'm talking about this morning as your pastor. I want you to have everything that Jesus has for you. I want you to, I don't want there to be anything that's not available to you because um, if Jesus needed to be empowered with the Holy Spirit, right, how much more do I need? How much more do you need to be empowered with the fullness of the Spirit of God in our lives? And so Pentecost is the power to make a difference in our lives. The third feast that I want to just talk about real quickly is tabernacles. And tabernacles represents the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. There was a time for when they left Egypt before they possessed the promised land, as you know, we did the series in Joshua just a few weeks ago. And so it, it's called tabernacles. It, uh, tabernacle there means like tent or sometimes it's used the word booths. Uh, it meant they are dwelling together. They lived in this temporary housing for these 40 years. And even today, um, among Jewish people, when this is celebrated, often they'll go camping in these tents, or they'll put tents up at their house, they'll live in this as a reminder of God's um, sustaining protection, His provision uh, during that season. And, uh, and so I want you guys to, to notice a few things here. And this one hasn't yet uh, been fulfilled. But look at the look at the historically what it commemorates that the people of God were wandering and living in temporary tents. How many of you know that, that we are strangers and aliens in this place, right? This is not our homeland. We have not reached homeland yet. This this body of mine is temporary. Praise the Lord, someday I'm going to get an upgrade, right? Anybody else thankful? Anybody else looking forward to your upgrade in your body, of your, your, your glorified body? I know I am. So, So like them, we are wandering temporarily. They were brought to their final home. And then finally, they celebrate it during the harvest season. This was during the harvest season. When the fulfillment of Christ and His second coming, when He returns, look at this. But right now, we're living on this earth temporarily, right? Because we're not there yet. We will be brought to our final home in heaven. And then finally, there will be a great final harvest of people. That's a part of the promise of the second coming of Jesus because the Feast of Tabernacles is a picture is symbolic of the second return of Christ. And it is a and it that will Christ will fulfill that one day. And a great harvest. That's why, guys, honestly, that's why what we do here on Sundays is so much more about than what just goes on, on here on Sundays. This is why we invest so heavily in missions. This is why we invest so heavily in reaching our community. This is why we give you guys opportunities to serve. This is why we have different ministries. Um, it's because we are in a season of harvest. And Jesus said, guys, the, the fields are white with harvest. You need to get about it. Pray to the Lord to send more laborers. And, and, and so we want to be about our Father's business. Did you know that in the last 18 years, more people have come to Christ than the first 2,000 years before this? You know, I mean, it is amazing. It's amazing the number of people all over the world that are coming to Christ. I mean, that's the reason Dan's having to go to Asia is because the gospel is spreading so fast that we, the, we need to be able to translate into every language, every tongue, because that's part of the fulfillment of Christ coming back. That's part of the, the requirement. And so, um, and you know, another thing I think is interesting, and again, I'm pretty mainstream, on biblical prophecy, on other types of things. But it is not insignificant, friends, that Israel celebrated 70 years this week. Do you know that modern Israel has been a state for 70 years this week? It's a birthday this week. And Psalms 90 talks about uh, 70 being one generation. And uh, there's a lot packed into all that that I don't have time to unpack this morning. But am I trying to say Jesus is coming back this year? No, but I'm saying Jesus could come back this year. That's what I'm saying. So don't quote me and say I said it. I'm just saying he could. And I think we need to live every, every day like Jesus could come back today. You know why? Because it changes the way we live. It changes the way we live. Am I trying to scare you? No, I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to get, help you get ready so you can experience all God has for you. Okay. I very rarely do this. But can I get an extra five or ten minutes? I'm not doing a pastor trick either, where I count them all up, okay? But I know we're going over. Are we okay? Are we good? Are we good? All right, so here we go. So I want to talk to you for just a moment about the meaning of Pentecost. Okay, maybe, uh, uh, Doug, maybe you could let our, our kids' workers know, let Hannah know, it's going to be about another ten minutes, so... You'd let her know that. That'd be great. So, our, all our kids are ready and everything's taken care of. So, I want to talk about, just for a moment, about the meaning of Pentecost. Acts 2.12 says, Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? So, even then, when I was experiencing it, they didn't fully understand it. And so, real quickly this morning, I'm going to tell you three things that it does for me because I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Number one, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously to live righteously that the power of god to live righteously romans 8 9 you however are controlled not by the sinful nature but by the spirit if the spirit of god lives in you and we could should say so in other words when you really struggle with sin remind yourself that the spirit of god lives in you right that you don't have to obey this desires of the flesh and and because the spirit of god resides in us that we can live that that life uh, that life uh, you know, um, Psalm 23 says he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not only are they righteous paths, not only are they morally right paths, but they're also the right paths. And the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. And we need his empowerment to be able to live the right way and the right path. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that's one of the things, to me, that's one of the incredible benefits of being empowered by the Holy Spirit is that he's able to lead and guide and direct, that he's able to comfort, he's able to console, he's able to say, Jay, this is the way I want you to go. Not that way, Jay, that's not what I have. I need you to do this. And I'm not talking about just big life decisions. I'm talking about if we'll listen day by day, moment by moment, that he'll be, he'll be guiding us. He'll be, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying you have a continual commentary going on in your head. the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that as you need it, He'll be able to direct you if you're listening to Him. Secondly, His Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Guys, that's one of my greatest desires in my life, is that I would live supernaturally, that I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, that what I do in this life will matter, that it'll last. And when I say supernatural, I'm not talking about weird. I think I know we can be naturally supernatural, but that I'm not living life based upon what's here, I'm not just basing life on just the logic, on just the natural. Because everybody can live life like that. I want to live life supernatural. I want to be tapped into what the Spirit of God is doing. I want to hear what He's doing. I want to, Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. That I only want to do what I see the Spirit doing. I only want to say what I hear the Spirit saying. And I come up short in that, right? Ask my family. The words that come out of Jay's mouth are not always Holy Spirit words. You know what I'm saying? So I need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in my life. But I'm thankful that I'm closer to that today than I was last year or five years ago. And I'm continually being conformed, continually being empowered by the Spirit of God. Acts 10.38 says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Man. That's what I, if Jesus needed it, I know I needed it. And I want that in my life as well. Go to, skip the next verse, Scott, and go to, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. To live on mission. To live on mission. See, when I think about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when I think about Pentecost, when I think about that upper room, I just, I mean, can you imagine how glorious that would have been? How amazing that would have been? I wonder if any of the 120 wanted to just stay there. I wonder if they just wanted to bask in the presence of God. I wonder if they just wanted to camp out there and have revival. You know, I just wonder about that. But that's not what happened. Immediately, they were in the streets ministering. Uh, Peter preached 3,000 got saved that day. The gospel began to spread. And friends, that is the point of Pentecost. That is the point of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That is the whole point, that God has not called us here to cluster and to stay clustered. And, and among other believers, experiencing God. Uh, what we are called to do is to be empowered by God and to go and to make a difference, to live life on mission. Just as they were, um, just as they were filled with, with the Spirit of God, the instruction was, as you go... Make disciples. As you go, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the other most parts of the earth. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because your family needs the Holy Spirit in you. People you work with need the Holy Spirit in you. Your neighbors need the Holy Spirit in you, right? They do, don't they? And so we need to be living in the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that we can make a difference because God has called us to live on mission. To, because we are not here to suck air, right? We're here to breathe life to those around us. And so you, would, you could even say, how can I be filled with the Spirit of God today? How can I, how can I be filled with the Spirit of God? Well, I just want to just, and we're wrapping up, I just want to just sh- share a few things that, that I think one common misunderstanding is that, I often hear people say, well, if the Lord wants me to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and when I say baptism of the Holy Spirit... I include with that speaking in other tongues. And you say, "Well, do you have to speak in other tongues to be filled with the Spirit?" Well, now I don't have to kiss Heather to be married to her, but like, why would I miss out on the fun, right? Right? And so, and so, um, I believe you can pray to be filled with the Spirit. You'll be, you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. Tongues is not the only um, evidence or sign in the New Testament that a person's been uh, filled with the Spirit. Uh, some prophecy prophesied. There are other things, but it's normative. It's it's normal. In the New Testament, when a person was baptized uh, with the Holy Spirit, was filled with the Spirit, that a prayer language would come up out of their life. Um, The Bible says that when you're filled with the Spirit, rivers of living water will flow through, will flow up out of you. That doesn't mean you're puking holy water. It means that there is this flow of the Spirit of God, of this spiritual language that comes out, this breath of life of God that comes. And so I think one point of miscommunication, misunderstanding is in Acts, It talks about don't let there be a tongue unless there's interpretation of tongue, and that it's one of the nine gifts of the spirit. And so we know we don't all have all nine. And so often I'll hear people say, "Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, I'll have it. If He wants me to have that gift, I'll have it." A very passive, a very passive attitude. And and I can tell you that's that's kind of a misunderstanding of what all goes on. Speaking in tongues um, is a one of the nine uh, 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 gifts of the spirit that's found in Corinthians. Absolutely, not everybody has all of those, but it's, it's normative. There's example, 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 example in the book of Acts where when people received the Holy Spirit that they began to pray in another tongue. And what that is is a prayer language uh, directly to the Father the Holy Spirit praying through you. Paul says, I wished you all spoke in tongues as much as I do. And he said that because he knew the difference it made in his life. Jude uh, said, pray in the Spirit and build yourself up in the most holy faith. Um, Paul said, I pray in the Spirit and I pray with understanding. That literally means he prayed in his known language and he prayed in an unknown language, the language of the Spirit. And, And it's available to all believers. And so I really, I don't want us to have a, just a passive, well, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it attitude. Uh, that, that I understand we don't all have all nine of the nine gifts of the Spirit, although I do believe that anytime you could operate in any nine of those gifts of the Spirit because they're put on demand as is needed, not just that's all that you have. Okay, whole nother sermon there. Um, but I do want you to know that I believe that God wants every believer, it's available to every believer, to be baptized in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, and to have a prayer language. I want I want you to have that because I know the difference it's made in my life. I pray in my prayer language on a regular basis, mostly I'd say a daily basis. And uh, and I, I pray in the spirit and I would want that for you as well if you would want that. And so I don't when I when we come to Pentecost Sunday as a pastor who loves you, love you with all my heart, I can't, I can't if I if I feel like I have like this secret in my life. And if you don't have this I want you to have it because I would feel like I'm ripping you off if I didn't just share with you what God has available for you. And that's what we celebrate today on Pentecost is the coming of the Holy Spirit upon his church of being poured out with the power so we can make a difference. Amen? All right, I want you to have that. So um, you know what I want you guys to do? Would you guys all stand with me? And, uh, and we're going to pray. And uh, as we pray, I'm first going to give an opportunity for salvation. And then, um, and then I'm going to transition the service to where we're going to have a time of worship. And I want to pray um, over anybody who would um, like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. Maybe you've been prayed over that, but you haven't had a release of your prayer language. You'd like to be prayed. Uh, often in the New Testament, the filling of the Holy Spirit would come with the laying on of hands. And so I want to lay my hands on you and pray for you if that's what you'd like. And then um, at, and, and I'll give you guys more instructions in just a moment. But would, you, uh, would everybody simply bow your head and... and um, Close your eyes just to give your neighbors privacy. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, that's the most important thing that could happen today. This is what this is all about. If you've not experienced the the salvation that's represented in Passover, I want you to today. I want that for you so bad. Your life will never be the same. Never, ever be the same. Jesus gave his life for you, and today you have an opportunity to give your life to him. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you just say, Jay, that's me. I want to know Jesus. I want to experience His salvation. I want all my sins to be forgiven. I want to be taken away, not just covered, but removed permanently from my life. Would you just show me who you are where you're at? Would you just slip your hand up? Would you just look at me and say, Jay, that's me? I want you to, because I'm going to pray a prayer if you're here today and you want that, and you want to be in on that prayer. Say, Jay, that's me. Is Is there anybody here to say? I'm not going to belabor it. I'm not pressuring you. I just want to give you opportunity. Say, that's me, Jay. All right. Lord, I pray for our church. Lord, I know that theologically we understand, Lord, that you have a filling and a baptism in the Holy Spirit for us. But, Lord, I pray that practically, Lord, we would walk in that. Lord, that we would truly be a Spirit-filled people. Lord, empowered for righteousness, Lord. Empowered for supernatural living. Lord, empowered to live life on mission every single day, wherever we are. Lord, I pray You'd pour out Your Spirit fresh on Your people in this church, Lord. Pour out Your Spirit fresh on us, Lord. Lord, may we have our own Pentecost, Lord, in You. Lord, where there's been rivers of dryness, Lord, I pray for refreshing rain of Your Spirit. Lord, where there's um, almost suffocation spiritually, Lord, I pray for a fresh breath of spiritual air, Lord. Holy Spirit, blow on your people today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this episode made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com.